Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. This week, my uh, crop report is more of a driving crop report. Wednesday and Thursday, we traveled to uh, meetings in Springfield, Illinois. In that direction, uh, pretty much crops are all harvested, but did see a surprising amount of tillage being done and uh, actually quite a bit of strip tilling being uh, taking place as well. On Monday, I traveled out to Des Moines, Iowa to speak at the Iowa Farm Bureau meeting. I uh, saw a number of combines running on the way back, as well as uh, tillage and um, bedding getting made. A lot of activity out in the field there on Tuesday on the way back. At the Farm Bureau meeting, great bunch of farmers there from all over Iowa. Two of the guys that I talked to from northern Iowa told me that harvest was still going on dealing with wet corn, wet weather, along with LP issues that were holding up the harvest. They both said that their gas supplier told them that Thanksgiving was the last of their LP gas. Um, No more gas to corn dryers from here on out. It was going to heating. So their options were going to be to take it to town to get it dried, or they're going to have to leave it out there till spring. At the Farm Bureau meeting, I got a chance to listen to the Governor Kim Reynolds speak after lunch. I have to say I was impressed. Sounds like you guys in Iowa have a governor that understands ag and farmers. Took a couple questions from the crowd and some of the same questions have also come through the office here in the last week as well. One was the use of of nitrogen inhibitor next spring when we apply 28 or 32 percent And in one case, it would be applied on top of a cover crop uh, that was going to be no-tilled. And the other question came in on top of oats on preventive plant acres. Do we need an inhibitor there? In both cases, the N is not going to be worked in. My answer would be yes. I would put at least a urease inhibitor on that surface applied N. The population of that urease enzyme is a lot higher in that residue at the surface than it would be if uh, we had bare ground or if we had it incorporated. Now, of course, if the the N is being incorporated fairly quickly after the application, this urease inhibitor is probably not going to pay. The other uh, inhibitor question was about adding a nitrification inhibitor to the fall anhydrous that's going on this week. Uh, when temperatures are already below 50 degrees, do we need it? My response here is also yes. We just don't know what February, March, or April are going to send our way. And going on now is a long time before we're going to have corn roots out there in June to pick it up. The longer we can keep this end in place, the better it's going to be for the corn and for the environment. Listening to presentations this week down at the Ag Masters program, the amount of loss this year from fallopied in with an inhibitor on it didn't look too good. This again is due to the delay of planting, due to weather delays that were pushing things back. And we just had too many days uh, in the spring where the end could become available and we just didn't have any roots out there to pick it up. Uh, and it caused the loss that they were reporting at the meeting. So even with an inhibitor, there's no guarantee that you won't lose it, but it does up, up the odds that it's going to hang around for us. The strip-till bars that I saw running this week actually look like they're doing a pretty good job down towards Springfield, 
but we've had some reports of toolbars letting off a lot of smoke and slabbing soil. Now boys, let's don't get stupid here. That smoke is your nitrogen program and those slabs are next year's seedbed. Believe me in this case, a poor job is not better than no job at all. This year has been tough enough. Let's not screw it all up next year before we even get started. Some questions about, is it too wet to run an inline ripper in a vertical till program? Well, we need two things. We need traction at the surface um, so we can pull it, and we need it dry enough below the soil so we can get lift all the way across the shank spacings. In most cases, it's usually the traction that is a problem. If you can pull it, keep going deeper until you get soil lifting from shank to shank. If you don't, it'll blow out around the shanks, which will make for some uneven conditions next spring when you're trying to fit this field with your vertical tools. Now, of course, if you're running a soil finisher next spring, the, the quest to get uniform fractures a lot less because you're going to clean things up with that finisher. But for you guys that are planning on vertical tilling, you still need a uniform fracture and you need lift from shank to shank. Now, running a chisel plow in these conditions usually fares better. Inline rippers, though, I think are still doing a pretty good job in the areas where, again, it's dry enough to pull it and we can get deep enough to get that full shatter. It saddens me greatly to report that we've lost one of our great young farmers this week. Timothy McKinley from the Flanagan area has passed away from an auto accident this week. Timothy was just passionate about farming. He farmed with his dad, Frank, around the Flanagan area. Timothy was one of those customers that was excited about farming and looked forward to the opportunities that came with it. So please keep Tim and his young family and his parents, Frank and Lori, in your thoughts and in your prayers. An educational fund has been set up for their one-year-old daughter at the Flanagan State Bank. As fellow crop techers, I think this would be a great place for us to step up and let his family know we're pulling for him. Don't forget Hand Harvest is on the 18th and the Basics on the 19th and the 20th. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe. Keep her moving.